Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. This right here, your Mm. jungle room. (laughs) It's just not going to work. It may not appeal to all buyers. If I can smell it, I can't sell it. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hey y'all, Katie here. It's time again for Agent Systems 101, the spring edition, featuring a special bonus, time management for agents. The doors are opening March 24th through the 30th, and you can learn more and jump on the wait list at agentsystems101.com. Wanted to share a couple of reviews from past students. Leanne said, just did the intro in lesson one and cannot believe the amount and quality of the resources that Katie is reviewing and putting at our fingertips. And this is coming from someone who's been around and in real estate practically her whole life. And then Karen said, I want you to know I cannot be more impressed with what you were giving us. And I'm so excited to begin implementing what I have so far. Whenever I listen to your podcast and now with day one of the systems course, I find myself thinking, why haven't I learned all these things from my broker? Why don't we talk about these things? I've been a realtor for four years, but now I'm beginning to feel like I may actually know what I'm doing. So grateful to have found you. Would love to have you guys join me. Again, you can find it at agentsystems101.com. Bye. Hi, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's episode 84. Okay. The things you say to clients. So many things. Things you say to clients. Mm-hmm. There are so many Commonly things. used phrases that you use. Yes. And this episode was actually requested by Casey Gray. Oh. So she wanted to know things that we say to our clients. And as I started to write them down, like there are a lot of things I repeat. I know. At first I was thinking, I don't really like have a script, but no. you, everybody really does yeah, yes. have the things that yes. they say. Because you repeat the same activities. Mm-hmm. So of course, then you're going to repeat the same mm-hmm. things that you say. Um, before we get started, though, we had a review who wanted us to share um, publicly where they could find us on Instagram and our website oh. and such. So okay. Ta- okay. So obviously at Hustle Humbly Podcast will get you to our Instagram and our Facebook. Um, and then the website is hustlehumblypodcast.com. Okay. And then you tell us your Instagram handle in case they want to be your Instagram um, person. I think it's Alice Jenkins, A-L-I-S-S Jenkins. Okay, good. Good tip. Mine's Katie K. Caldwell. Okay. If you go to Hustle Humbly Podcast Instagram, it in it's the bio it will take you to our personal, yeah. our, our other business one, our personal one. So yeah. that's fine. Okay, the end. Um, all right, so start us off on some of the things that you say to your clients. It was funny because I knew I was going to be making an, a list of what I say, and I knew you were going to be making a list of what you say, uh-huh. but I was like, maybe I should try to find some commonly used yes. phrases. But there weren't really, it, oh. it was more things like investor special. Oh, like 
descriptions <laughs> of listings, kind of. Yes. Um, price to sell, sold oh. as is. Uh-huh. Um, TLC or handyman special. So Fixer upper. It wasn't really anything like what we're talking about. But um, I actually just went on a... So I knew we were preparing for this episode. We've been talking about it for about three weeks. That's it feels like, yes. And so, so you've been in taking my them notes, down. <laughs> I've been like, anytime I, I find myself saying something, I just write it down. I love it. Um, I guess they're not, so they're not really in any particular order. Fine. But at a listing appointment the other day, I I always say there's not a magic number. Oh, I like that. So when they're like, what do we list it for? Right. I mean, like, I hate for them to feel like I'm not confident in my assessment. And mm-hmm. at the same time, there is not a magic number. There's not a magic number. So we could be too high. We could be too low. Like, that's mm-hmm. why we have to look at all the data and make an educated decision. But it's still basically an educated guess, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you're not going to... It's 242.5. I mean, like, it's not that specific. Right. And then you do have people that get hung up on, do we do 249.9? Do we do 250? Yes. And I always just tell them, look, it's not a magic number. And I don't have the magic number. Right. And appraisers don't either. No, because they do it different. You could have five appraisals done. And they would all be different. So there's no number. There's no magic number. No number. Um. So I say that all the time. And I'll also piggyback that with saying what I do is present the data to you and give you a range. Yes. And then you know your numbers. Right. I say that a lot. You know your numbers. Oh, you know your numbers. That is good. Um, I don't. And I don't care to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care to know what you owe or what's going on. I, you know, your numbers and I don't care too. So we together come up with a price. Okay. So those are, that's kind of my price spiel. And I would say, I say that at every, every appointment, every appointment, because it always comes up. All right. Here's something that I sometimes say that I think is a more industry standard sort of term, but um, miss the market. You know, we don't want to miss the market. So mm. follow up to there's no magic numbers. We also don't want to miss the market. But in order to use that terminology with your client, you have to be able to back it up with what the heck does that mean? Right. So if you pick a number that cannot be backed by data that's way above the other mm-hmm. comps, you could potentially miss the market, which basically is you put your house on the market. Nobody who's looking in that neighborhood is interested because it's way more than all the other houses. And then all of a sudden, time has gone by, it becomes stale. And once you get the price to the right place, nobody still wants to buy it because Mm -hmm. you have missed the market. Right. And I think that's a more like commonly used uh, term that I I think the public also doesn't understand. Like what, what in the heck does that mean? Um, I also, in this topic, say we will adjust accordingly. Oh, okay. (laughs) So they always want to know, when do we reduce the price? How much do we reduce the price? Like they want to have all the discussions about the future up front. (gasps) I just thought of one that I say all the time that I didn't write down. What? I'm like, I I don't have a crystal ball. I have that in my notes. <laughs> I don't have a crystal ball. I literally ball. have that written down. And I do say it all the time. It's like, I wish, or I'll say, I wish I had a crystal ball. Yeah. Or I don't have a crystal ball. I'm like, I cannot tell you mm-hmm. if it's going to be three weeks of no showings mm-hmm. or if it's going to be three days of nothing but showings. I, who knows? The market is a mis- the market is a mystery. It is. I mean, you, you, you can, never know. You just never know. And I say... um, 
sometimes I have houses that I think are going to fly off the shelf that yep. don't. And sometimes I have ones that I think these are going to be a challenge yeah. and they aren't. Right. You like can, you just never really because know. Because all you can do is take the knowledge you have of the market and your previous experiences within the market and try to figure out. But again, it can be affected by the economy, by the time of year, by... I don't know, a friggin' football game that mm-hmm. weekend. It could be anything. So you don't really know a, a holiday, whatever. Um, I think that's so funny. Yeah, we don't have a crystal ball. I have that written down. I had a client <laughs> that I showed a house to this weekend. Mm-hmm. And we feel like it is very overpriced okay. for what it is. But it's hard because they do love it. And there's not really anything else on the market that meets their criteria. And she just keeps asking me, but but what about if we need to move in five years? And I'm like, I don't have a crystal ball to tell you that everything's oh, going to be okay. No, and I don't think it's okay as an agent to reassure them Mm-mm. something that you don't know. So if my clients, I said, we're going to make our best attempt at making a sound financial decision, a good investment that serves you, mm-hmm. but we don't know what's going to happen in five years. But mm-hmm. I also, my buyer philosophy has always been, I try to put them in a good area that sells well, that's priced correctly, that if in two to three years they feel they have made a mistake, they could sell it. Right. Maybe you're not going to make money, Mm -hmm. but you could get out of it. I never want to put my buyers into a house that they're stuck in, that's got a cell phone tower in the backyard that they didn't care about, but nobody else is going to buy. Like That's the type of stuff that plays into my buyer philosophy. Anytime I'm in a situation like that, I do try to have an email that I sent them expressing my concerns. You want it in writing. I do. Yeah. I had a a young uh, couple a few years ago and they were looking in a certain area that was very heavily affected by the flood. Okay. And it didn't really bother them because she said, well, I grew up in this area and my parents have always paid flood insurance. And so it's just something I'm used to and I know about it. I'm informed. I said, yes, but what you don't maybe realize is that, you know, it could go up yeah, and it will affect resale. I said, but if you love this house, Mm -hmm. I have no problem selling it to you. I just want to express my concerns up front. And I made this an email yeah, because I wanted it in writing that I I gave you the advice, this concern. Well, lo and behold, um, it flooded after they bought it and their insurance just skyrocketed and we had the hardest time selling that thing. Yeah. And, um, she even said at one point, like, we should have listened to you. And I, but you know, I hate that because I do too. Hindsight 2020. I don't want to be right on that. Thank you. And this is what I say all the time, not so much to clients, but in my life and especially to my husband, I don't want to be right. I want to be happy. Right. And I would love for you to join me in that. I don't want to be right. I want you to be happy. I, we all want to be happy. Mm-hmm. It's hard because you can only say so much and then you have to serve them. I never want people to think, well, you sold this to me five years ago and now now this is happening. And when you're in a bad situation, it's normal to Mm -hmm. want to blame, put blame somewhere. Yep. That's why I like to express my concerns about, um, and and that's kind of what I did with my clients. I said, look, in an email, these are the comps. This is how I feel about it. I feel like it's too high. However, Mm -hmm. 
it's going to be your personal home. Right. You have savings. You'll have good jobs. Right. And sometimes you pay more for things you want just because you want to enjoy them. And yeah. it's not always right. this big investment opportunity. Right, 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 right. Um, you may break even. You yes. may have to not break. I mean, but... This is what I'm seeing. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's up to you and how much you love the house. Mm -hmm. And this is where we are. Yep. But I don't want to go to a listing appointment in five years and then be like, what? Um, that's a great point, though, because I know we have a lot of new agent listeners, a lot of like people who haven't even gotten their license yet. When you first start your career, it's heavy buyers, right? Because this is the easy, comfortable thing to do. We're not nervous about, you know, really understanding all the nuance of the market that you would need to be a listing agent. We have buyers, buyers, buyers. If you do not have a buyer philosophy and a buyer plan in place and some knowledge that helps them make a sound financial decision in three to five to 10 years when they come back to you and want you, which is the key, you want them to come back to you and make, and they want you to sell your their house. What mm -hmm. if you let them make a bad decision just so you could get the sale? Right. Then you're you're stuck telling them the bad news. You don't want to have to live through that. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Something I say a lot is um, I won't let you buy a house that I wouldn't buy yes. without expressing my concerns. I think that's good. So, and I feel like when I tell them that, they go, oh, oh that's good to know. Yeah. You know, and then I'm not saying I'm not going to do it. I'm just saying I'm not going to do it without expressing. Yeah, you need to know. My concerns. I think that's a good way to phrase it also. I'm, and then you can make that choice. Yeah, you you decide. I'm not but I'll give my disclaimer. You. <laughs> I'm going to wave my hands in the air and, and tell you what's wrong. Okay. Um, I also, when we're on, well, I guess on buyers, uh, when they start to get anxious, and they're like, you know, looking for, um, especially I'm sure this applies in these really low inventory markets that are mm -hmm. I'm like you. I always say you never know when the perfect house will pop up mm -hmm. like there. And then I say new listings come on the market every day because you can typically sense when they're getting so frustrated that they want to throw in the towel. And I'll just be like, you know, new listings come on the market every day. Mm -hmm. You just never know. But also, as long as they're not in some sort of panic um short time frame like what it's okay if mm -hmm. it takes us an extra you know month or two to find the right house it's gonna be okay so back to the crystal ball yeah um i have these other clients we we ended up closing but something else but there was a new construction that was under construction that was four months away from being completed okay and so we hadn't really been looking at new construction but this was an old house like in a a new house in an old neighborhood. Someone had torn it down and is using the lot. So it was Got kind it. of this sweet spot of like, we get to be yeah. in the old neighborhood uh -huh. with the new house anyways. But her thing was, well, what if we go under contract on this and our dream house comes up in the next four months? Oh, I know. And I said, well, if I had a crystal ball, right, then I could tell you, cause she was wanting to know like, do you, she, her exact question was, do you think something will come up that fits our needs better? <laughs> better. And I said, I wish I had a crystal ball, right. I, but if, if you decide to commit to this house, we have to commit to stop looking. Um, yeah. We can't look anymore. You can't You look have anymore. to just call it. Stop. And that's when I have to, I go and turn off any searches that yep. are coming from me. Like you're not going to. I can't stop you from going to Zillow, but you're surely not going to get me sending them to your inbox. Right. I also say this applies there. No house is perfect. Mm -hmm. So like how many of your 
you know, needs are you meeting? Like, where are the pros and cons? There's not going to, no, tomorrow the perfect house is not going to pop up. It may be slightly better than this one for you, mm-hmm. but it's still not going to be like the, dr- and, and the grass is always greener for some people. Yeah. So they're like, no matter what they choose, they still look at the other houses. They still feel like they lost out. They still feel like, because it is a semi-permanent decision. You're not yeah. going to, you can't change your mind in two years typically you're not going to, but I mean, it's hard because there is no perfect house. So you're always going to be likely giving something up mm-hmm. and then always feel like, what if everything shows up tomorrow, you know, in a perfect little package with the bow, right. but it's not, it's, it's not. not. Um, I also say very often, um, we only need to buy one house. Hmm. I say that all the time. Like how? Um, when you were out on showings with your buyer, and let's just say you're going to see five houses and we're on house number three and house one, two, and three have been garbage. Yeah. They're like, I don't like anything about this. Mm-hmm. They're getting a little upset. You can sense that they're like, oh no. Or anytime when you see more than one house and they don't like one of the houses mm-hmm. and they look like they're upset or frustrated, I'm like, hey, you only have to buy one house. Right. I don't need you to like all 10. I said, in fact... I would prefer if you didn't like all 10. Yeah. I don't need, that's hard to weigh through. It's better. And sometimes they look like they're just nervous to tell, like, like I care. They're nervous to tell you, I hate this house. I'm mm-hmm. like, it's okay. It's not my house. You don't house. have to look at it. Like, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> it's going to be fine. But I all, I say that all the time. When we were, in, I was showing houses this weekend. And um, the moment we pulled into the subdivision, we realized this house isn't going to work just because it was a subdivision where from the picture, you couldn't really tell, but when you drove down the street, they are almost touching. Oh, they're real close. And we didn't realize that going into it. Okay. And you walk in and it's beautiful, Mm -hmm. gorgeous. I mean, exactly better than the pictures were, but that doesn't matter if you knew you didn't like the street. And so we walked in, we did a quick walkthrough of the downstairs and, the wife looked at the husband and was like, are you going upstairs? And I just looked at them and said, y'all don't have to. I've had this happen. You don't. If this is not the house, let's go. It's we're, okay. We're not committed. We're not doing stairs. Right. I'm not going up the stairs Nobody to see wants- it. Like, this is not the house. I'm like, that's okay. That's okay. Don't, I always say, don't do it for me. Yeah. Also, I won't let them get to the driveway and not go in, though. I'm like, we're here. Yes. We're not. It is not proper etiquette for mm-hmm. you to say, never mind. The houses are too close together. Bad news. You signed up for this showing. There mm-hmm. is a seller that wants to know your feedback. We're going inside. And this seller had it so clean oh. and candle. I mean, inside yeah. did kind of make them. They were like, maybe we don't. Mm. But that's a great point. If you hadn't have gone inside, mm-hmm. let's just say they went inside and were like, you know what? I hated that the houses were close together, but yeah. I love this house so much. It, it'll it'll be okay. And once you're inside, you don't even know. Because you're always going to give up something. You just never know what thing they're going to say. Okay, well, I'm fine with this. Right. So, uh, yeah, you got to do the showing once you've committed to it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you have to do the upstairs, but you got to walk in the front door. Okay. Uh, do you have another one? Um, kind of back to listing appointments when they're like, I think it's going to be a family or I think it's going to be a young professional (laughs) or, you know, they try to get, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about when they're trying to predict how this is going to go. And um, not that this is like a, 
script that you would need, but I do say it a lot. Like you can try to guess all day long and it's never going to be who you think it is. Right. You just don't know. It's just never going to be it. And so it's almost just helping their anxious energy. Like they're just overthinking. (sighs) Yes. And, And kind of like pointing it out to them. Like you can guess, you can try to guess, but I'm telling you, you never know who Um, it's going to be. I would like to tell you the anti story to that. Okay. (laughs) I had this one particular listing in a track build, like less than 10 year old homes, uh, you know, like a big builder. And they had been there probably five-ish years. It was a cute little small starter type home, right? But he was a landscaper and his landscape was so uh, gorgeous, amazing. These flower <laughs> beds were just the best. Like it was the dead of winter. It was the best looking flower bed in the dead of winter I have ever seen. I was just like, oh my gosh. And he was really like, I want to push the comps. Okay. And I'm like, look, these houses are like, I can show you five other houses with the same floor plan that have sold in the last six months. So it's not like we can, th- their numbers are very firm. And I'm like, okay. We'll, we'll go to the tippity top, but it's going to like, there's, there's a limit. Like I, we can't go over. Right. And I said, but you know what? You could go over as long as you get a, I, I'm not, I said, I wouldn't be surprised if you get a cash buyer retiree who was looking to live closer to maybe their grandkids that loves your landscape. Yeah. That is legit who bought the house. Oh, my gosh. It just was, I don't know why. I was like, I could maybe see that being the case, like not being a first-time buyer, but instead being like a downsizer who's like, Mm -hmm. well, I want this maintenance-free house with the gorgeous flower beds, and I'm going to pay legitimately. That's funny. That is probably the only time I have ever called the exact person but i just like it was too much and it really was the flower bed yeah like y'all have to deep think about your listings like really give them some your listings your buy like give some thought to like people's mindset and the Mm -hmm. psyche behind like who would live there and what Mm -hmm. do they need or like what you know anyway Mm -hmm. um, that was funny Hello friends, we are so excited that so many of you are using the template course and the reviews are just pouring in, letting us know that it has helped your business as much as it has helped our business. Yes, listen to this review. Thank you so much for providing this wealth of information, knowledge, and template form. So far, I've used a handful and received positive feedback like, this is so professional, or I really appreciate how organized you are. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, Your clients are actually going to say that. Yes. All right, here's another one. Thank you so much for this. I can't tell you how many times I've started this and how many notebooks of samples and notes I had. (laughs) I have ADHD and it is super hard to stay focused on getting it done. Having it all in one place is going to make it so nice. That is what we're here for. No, just look, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Just use these. Yeah, nice and simple, easy, ready to go, ready for you to put your own logo on, make it sound like you. So head over to hustlehumblypodcast.com slash course slash course and check it out that's right and you're gonna enjoy them you're gonna love them you're gonna, it's gonna love change it. your life literally fired <laughs> my assistant they are the best okay, enjoy the template yes enjoy uh do you know one that i say all the time what no you cannot pick up this house and move it to that location <laughs> how, how many buyers in your career have said to you oh, i just wish that we could get this house over here in that place and then it wouldn't be the same price and then more importantly <laughs> than me saying that because they're the ones that typically say that oh i just wish i could pick up this house and put it in this place then i always have to follow it up with 
I cannot tell you how many buyers have said the same thing to me. Mm -hmm. So this is a common thread. You can't do it. It's not going to happen. The price is the price because of where it's at. Mm -hmm. And and this is your price. Like if you had no budget, then yeah, maybe you can go find this house in that place. Right. But when you're in a budget situation, that's typically the issue. Mm -hmm. Okay. What's next? You actually said something that is on my list. What? Push the cops. Oh, yeah. So this is kind of when we are talking about condition mm-hmm. and staging and decluttering and getting the house ready. Yes. Um, I'll tell them, I don't mind pushing the comps a little. Yeah. You can always come down, but you can't go back up. Fair. I say that a lot. So okay. that's kind of, I had that little... I- well, thing. you know, now we'll cover this since I was talking about my buyer philosophies. I have the same, like I have seller philosophies too. Like mm-hmm. I tell my sellers, I'm like, look, I'm a pretty aggressive pricer. I'm mm-hmm. not at looking for you to leave money on the table. At the same time, I am going to tell you legitimately what the ceiling is where you're getting outside of my comfort zone. Yes. And I'm not ashamed to admit I've had sellers who still pushed me and were insistent on going over my ceiling and they got it. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a perfect formula. There's no magic number. Right. Like I've said what I thought it was. And then here they are, you know, mm-hmm. getting actually your buyers bought that house. Which one? Zealand? On Zealand. <laughs> yep. Yes. Where I was, I told them to list for like three, whatever. And yep. they were like, we think 350. And they got way over that. I know. And I was just that like. That was a unicorn. I was like floored. That was crazy. But the point is, I guess, I yes, I would like to, I have a philosophy. I don't, and I think the important important part of all of this is that you have to over communicate with your clients. Why the whys? Yes, I'm not going to leave money on the table for you. If you chose not to say that, then that's why they're pushing you Mm -hmm. because they don't believe that you're giving them everything they can get. Right. You know, so you have to tell them what's going on. I say not doing X, Y, Z would invite lower offers. Oh, I love that. So if you don't want to paint the paint or remove your rugs or whatever, Mm -hmm. I'm just telling you it will invite lower offers. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, I like this one. A lot of times this happens with sellers or even buyers sometimes who get gun shy after a little bit. I many, many times have said, it's okay if you aren't ready. I'm not going anywhere. Mm, yes, so, I feel like I, I say that a lot. I too. think it's one. It's also it puts their mind at ease. It keeps you from losing them because sometimes mm-hmm. these people feel like they're letting you down if they don't list after that pre-listing appointment. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, six months later, you see their house listed with someone else, and you're like, why? And it's because they think that you're upset with them that you didn't list mm-hmm. originally. So I'm frequently saying it's okay if you're not ready because also I'm not here to sell you. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to sell you on buying a house today, nor am I here to sell you on selling your house today. Mm -hmm. I'm here to serve you. And if now's not the right time for you, that's okay. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. When I was little and people said, um, like, I will call my attorney, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like in movies. Yes. I literally thought that each person had their own private attorney. I'm going to call my attorney. And if you didn't need them, they were just sitting there. (laughs) Like, Katie is my attorney. On retainer. Yes. And she doesn't do anything else. Wait wait until I I remember thinking, how do attorneys... And my mom was like, well, Alyssa, they have all different clients. clients. Like, it's not like one, everybody has their right. own. Like, your CPA is just doing your taxes. But I guess because they say my attorney, it right. always made me think that they had one just for them. Yeah. Oh, my heavens. But 
Boy. Yeah. Then it would be a problem if everybody <laughs> was waiting. Yeah, no doubt. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. I'll be here. I'll yeah, be right. here when you're ready. There's other things I can do while I wait for you. Don't yep. worry. I'll be here. Okay. I want to do one of my favorites that you say that I'm curious if you put on your list. I understand if you need to interview other agents. Did you put it on there? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love that one. I think that is a great permission slip that says, mm-hmm. I mean business. Mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you what's what. And if you feel like you need to interview other agents, okay. I have to tell you a funny story. Tell me. So a few years ago, I sold this really sweet couple their house. Okay. Um. I thought it went well. (laughs) (laughs) I can see where this is going. We are still friends, friendly with the family. Oh, no. And you know I'm a Dave Ramsey-endorsed realtor. Right. right. And a lead came through the website. It was them? And it was them. And you were like, wait a minute. What? Why did you request an agent? Right. And it sends them three people <gasps> and it sends their contact information to three people. And oh, no. it becomes like this fight fest. Right. You know, and it's I just. A, you were then in competition to get back your own client. Yeah. And now if I close them, I have to pay a referral fee. That's. Yeah. Because it came through the website. But I called and said, well, hello. Right. And she said, oh, my gosh. She was like, "Ah, you know, we're we're not even sure if we want to sell. We're just debating because we've been traveling and this and that. And, you know, we just felt like we needed to do our due diligence before and maybe like interview. But I and it's like I still didn't really understand. But I did say I definitely understand if you feel the need to interview multiple agents. I know that we are friends, almost family. But if this is still a professional transaction and I'm happy to send you my resume and my sales numbers. And she was like, yeah, thank you for understanding that. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. And so I just said, I haven't, I mean, she was like, even if we do something, it would be way later. Right. And like later this year, maybe. But I wanted her to know, like, I was surprised, but it also reminded me that, as a buyer, it's a little easier going. As a seller, she was feeling more anxious. She was feeling like she needed more research yeah. than just saying, oh, Alyssa was with me friend. before. Yeah. yeah. And I think, too, you have to remember that not everybody knows what you do professionally. No. Like, she doesn't maybe no. know the volume or my systems or that I am right. full time or yeah. compared to who else you're going to interview. Yeah. Here's some questions to ask. Like, so it just interesting. Took, yeah. I wonder if it would be a good, y'all, I'm, this is literally coming out of thin air. I know. Me. This is kind of, uh, I wonder if it would be a good, like, communication to your database to like when you update your resume every year Mm. just be like hey guys i've updated my resume just wanted to share it with you or and and i've updated my vendor list or something where you're like here are resources that's a good email wouldn't that be so helpful if at the beginning of every year if she had seen something that said look at Alyssa, she's so professional she even sends me her resume without me asking and you could say like if you need it or if you need to forward anything to a friend I I really feel like something like that would have avoided this situation. Totally. That's what I think. 
you know, they're an older couple. Yep. And it's not like she's on Facebook seeing my sales like all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, you just never know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay, well, look, solve that problem right there. But I wanted her to know I'm not fussing at you for feeling like you needed to interview other agents. That's really where we have to keep our, like, emotions under control. Mm -hmm. You can have hurt feelings. You can go scream in the pillow before you follow up. Mm -hmm. Not in that case, because you have to follow up quickly. Yes, you have to be the first. (laughs) They, like, time us on who calls first. Oh, my gosh. It tells because it's all through an app. It's so stressful. Oh, Wow. I have fought a relocation company before for a referral fee. Yeah. To, because the client contacted me first. I'm like, they're my past client whom I have worked Did with you before. Win? Yes. My broker got involved and I wow. won. But it was hard because yeah, that was the only time that ever happened. Typically they win. Yeah. And get all the money they want. And in a way, it kind of made me think, well... Say I wasn't on this list. Yeah. What if, okay. what if you weren't in that rotation yeah, that day? And I do think it's like a total God thing that I was. Because yeah. like, what are the odds? Oh, yeah. Because there's more than three of us. Uh-huh. And it's all random. You, but you know what? When I was doing online leads, I would get some of the same thing. Like, I would yeah. get someone that was my client or someone I knew. And I'd be like, what are you doing? Yeah. What do you think you're doing? And then the, you could tell she was like, um. <laughs> like, like, you caught me red-handed. <laughs> I just wanted to be like, it's okay. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. Like y'all, cause it's not about us. Mm-hmm. It's about them. She was like, I need to do due diligence. Yes. And she might've got to the end of that and still called you. Yeah. Yeah. But she know. might not have. Right. Somebody might've been a good smooth talker on that list. And yeah. Got her signed before she even knew what happened. Very well could have. Oh gosh. All right. I love it. <laughs> But I think that's a really good point, not to go off on too much of a tangent, but the things that we say, a lot of time, I want them to know that I'm like speaking to their fear or their yes. anxiety. Oh, like all of them are about. I am hearing what you're saying and I'm yes. giving you permission. Kind of like when you're struggling with something and then you read about it, <sighs> mm-hmm. have, like somebody else struggling with the same thing and you go, yep. Oh, good. Like you almost have permission to yeah. think those things or I feel agree. those things. Yes. Yes. You're really, everything that's a thing you say, it is. It's talking to their anxiety, their fear, their, you know, nervousness and their lack of knowledge. Like mm-hmm. I'm sharing things with you that you don't know. Right. Because they'll just make stuff up if you don't tell them. And like even reassuring them like this is normal. Yeah. Okay, good. This leads this right into normal. my next one. <laughs> okay. My next one was <laughs> seller. Uh, you may have no showings for weeks and then three on one day and multiple offers. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you how many times I've said that? Because it's literally happened. I'm like, you guys, I cannot predict when people are going to come for showings. Mm-hmm. It literally may be three weeks, not a single showing. Mm-hmm. And then on a random Tuesday, three showings and multiple offers. You just never know. You just don't know. Mm-hmm. You just don't know. But I also find that these, the things you say work better when you're like, I had a client who... Like, they need to yes. know examples and stories. And the more examples and stories you have, the more they understand, oh, you're not just, like, saying this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really based in experience. With a seller, um, I have them ask a lot of times, should we do, like, exterior photos and say pictures coming soon oh. just to get it on the market? So the thing I say is it's always better to wait to put our best foot forward to invite the best offers. Yes, agree. So it's better to wait and put your best foot forward. Yes. It's always my answer to mm-hmm. pre, you know, I've had some trouble with like anxious sellers just putting everything on next door and 
like <sighs> next door has kind of become a problem. <laughs> like they're trying to sell their house. Yes. On the or, app. Hey guys, I'm going to be listing it in three weeks. And now it's, but now it's like not ready. Right. And then you might get a buyer early, but are you going to get what you could have gotten? Well, okay, great. I will tell you a recent story. I have a sweet um, buyer-seller combo, but they were able to buy first. So we've completed their purchase transaction. Now they're getting their house ready to sell. And she, of course, told her neighbors, everyone does, or some people do. Um, and one of the neighbors said, oh, my friend's been looking for a house in the mm. neighborhood, especially y'all in these low inventory markets. Yeah. I'm sure y'all are getting so hard. this a lot. But so the neighbor says, oh, my friend's been looking in the neighborhood and having trouble. Can she come over tomorrow and see it? Well, thankfully, my client calls me up and is like, listen, this is what happened. She wants them to come over. What do you think I should do? I already said yes. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. Mm -hmm. breathe mm -hmm. like you can she's not ready the house is good but it's not ready mm -hmm. and I said you can show it but we know nothing about this person we don't know if they have an agent mm -hmm. we don't know if they're pre-approved mm -hmm. we don't know if they have a house to sell we know nothing I said you need to be mindful that you want to say very little because for sale by owners ruin deals for themselves all the time by saying too much and you tell her that you have an agent and she said, okay, I got it. I'll do it. And I'm like, let me know how it goes. So she calls me the next day and she says, okay, well, she really liked the house, but they have a house to sell. And they wanted to know if we would take a contingency. And I said, you haven't even put your home on the open market. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I mean, like, you're going to, that doesn't even make any sense. No, it doesn't. So Ugh. we talked it out and she was like, I under totally understand what you're saying. I knew that you would, like, she knew she needed assistance in thinking it through. Yeah. But I'm like, it's okay. We got this. And I'm like, we, again, we don't even know if they've seen it. Talk to a lender. Right. No, nothing. If they could even buy it. So uh, you're right. Frequently. And I say this a lot to my sellers who are prepping for the market. I'm like, I would rather you take an additional three weeks to get listed and mm -hmm. be fully ready than you rush to get it on the market. And you're going to have to make concessions in price or something like that because the house is not ready. Kind of goes back to when I say like that would invite lower offers. Yes, I like that. Right. Yeah. Or no offers at all. Mm hmm. I know. And that's always a work in progress because some sellers, I find it's easier to be straight with them. And mm -hmm. some are just like, so much harder. Like yeah. everyone's different. And some people are just hard to read. So then you don't want to like, it's all, everybody's different. Yeah. Okay. Here's a funny one I heard in a class one okay. that I have never in my life said, but I think it's funny. <laughs> okay. Um, if I can smell it, I can't sell it. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I think it was a staging class. Yeah. If I can smell it, I can't sell it. I'm can't like, have a stinky house. Nope, but that's kind of cheesy, but it is funny. Now, my pre-listing, getting your house ready for pictures uh -huh. template that yes. we have has really helped with this one. Yes. But before I had that list, even... So I send that list before I ever go to their house. Right. Because it prepares them for things I will see and say, and it lets them know, I don't pick on your floral drapes. I pick it's on everybody's. everybody's. Yeah. But before I had that, the fact that I was going into people's houses and saying, uh, this needs to go. Th and right. I, not feels, like that, but. It feels hurtful. It feels hurtful. <laughs> and I would always say, if I was here for dinner, I wouldn't even notice Your these home things. is beautiful. Yes. I love your design choices. Yes. And all said, those things. It's to your house. So I have this on my list. Your house looks totally different when you're trying to sell it. Yes. And I also say, 
If I needed to sell my house, do you know how much work I would have to do? Oh, I like that too. And then they go, okay, good. Because I want them to know I'm not here to shame you. No. I'm not here to. I say this in almost every pre-listing appointment. They'll always be like, I'm still working or that. I'm so sorry. This room is a mess. I'll be like. I'm not here to judge. Nope. I have no judgment. Zero judgment here. I'm just here to tell you how to get ready. I'm a neutral party. Like, I don't care how dirty your closet is or how many floral drapes you have to take down. Mm -mm. I'm not judging. I'm not judging. Because I'm here to help. Because I'm also not wanting anyone to randomly walk into my house and and like pick it apart. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It is hard. Uh, The other one that I say a lot, it goes hand in hand with the floral drapes. Um, style specific. Mm. I feel like that phrase, we've talked about it in our staging episodes before. Um, It really does help them understand it's your style is okay, Mm -hmm. but it is style specific. So we want to make your home more neutral and appealing to more buyers. Mm -hmm. So we're removing things that are style specific. So I have, we need to increase our buyer pool. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. So this right here, your jungle mm. room is <laughs> just not going to work. It may not appeal to all buyers. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a small, and I use my hands, a small buyer pool. <laughs> right. When we need the but biggest once pool. once it's neutral, right. we have more. Yeah. That's so true, though, with so many things when they're getting their house ready. There's an agent in our office. I just love him so much. He's an older man, and him and his wife are a team, and he keeps a shiny penny and, a, like, a dirty penny uh-huh. in his pocket. Yeah. And at listing appointments, he pulls them out and puts them in his hand and says, these two pennies, they're on the same, they're in the same place. They're worth the same. The same. Which one would you buy? Right. And I'm like, that's a great idea. It's a great way to do that. <laughs> it, they are worth the same. They're the same. But but guess what? Yeah. Shiny one's going to go first. He has something he says about paint, and I can't remember. Oh, dang it. I'll have to ask right. him. Find out for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I have another one that I recently learned, and I love um, using the term pre-pack instead of declutter because mm. declutter feels hurtful. Like you have a bunch of <laughs> crap clutter. in here, yeah. uh, but pre-pack sounds like you need to start packing away your precious goods that are going with you to your new place. Mm-hmm. This is also, I think brings out a point that I find very difficult. I don't really like a seller who doesn't have to sell and would just take it. Don't test the market. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to hear it. I don't Mm want to be involved in it because I can't give you staging advice. Mm -hmm. I can't give you negotiation advice. I can't give you any advice basically because you're just, you're still living here. You live here and you don't want to pack up your family photos because maybe you're not going to move. Right. And I, that's hard. Mm -hmm. I haven't had one of those in a long time. Yeah, me either. But, but I had the last time I had one, they were like, you know, could you just come over and tell me what you think? And <laughs> maybe after I'll love my house and not move. And I'm thinking. Well, I can point you in the direction of a very nice stager <laughs> yeah. who come help you. I sent them the checklist. And they just were like, great. Love yeah, the house. I said, this is, I said to like be honest. This? <laughs> I said, to be honest, I don't do that unless right. the checklist is done. So I think this would help you. I think you would enjoy this checklist. Look, I have this ready to go for you. Awesome. Here's the checklist I, I like give people. I that you people. did it that way. Did you ever go? No. I said the checklist. They never moved. I saved a whole afternoon. Perfect. That, you know what? Great. Great. Your use of time efficiently, it should be something we all strive for. Which leads me into my next one. Okay. 
And this one is a things realtors should stop saying. Oh. Not things I want you to say, things I want you to stop saying. I work 24-7, always open. <laughs> Even when they put it in their Facebook hours, like their Facebook business hours or 24, like anytime. Like, no, stop it. Mm -hmm. Stop saying I work 24-7. I don't, don't say it. You don't say it. Nobody needs to say that. In fact, I think our next episode <laughs> next week, maybe so, is on boundaries. Okay. Yeah. We're doing another boundaries episode yeah. and I have notes on that. Great. We'll cover that deeper next week. Do you um, have any others? On that, I have things that I do say kind of go hand in hand with boundaries. <laughs> um, I have an appointment at that time. Oh, all the time. <laughs> so I say that all the time. Yes. Um, I also say sellers require notice for appointments. Love it. So, hey, no, we can't actually go in 30 minutes. Right. Um, per my email below. <laughs> oh, I love that meme. I usually use that more for agents. Okay. It's usually agents you would never, that. You would never do that yeah. to your client. Now, if I do, I'll do it nicely, you know. Like, for example, and that's why I've started resending the seller move out checklist. Right. Because I you send it in the beginning, day one, when they get an they offer. They don't even remember having they it. They don't remember. So I have started yeah. sending that email I think twice. That's good. The whole thing. I'll say, like a week before closing, I'll say, hey, guys, I know I sent you all the email below right. three or four weeks ago, but Reminder. I just wanted to resend it to you. So yeah, that's good. Um, when they're asking me about... This is more for sellers who have been on the market. We're talking about price. Let's refer back to the market analysis. Right. Where I... Oh, you know, I do have one that goes along with that. I also have price change philosophy. Yeah. I'm big on having a philosophy. Mm -hmm. Because you have to be able to talk to your seller about it. So if the seller says, well, can't we just try blah, blah, blah price? Mm -hmm. I'll say, yes, you can try it. But once you make a price change, any buyer who is watching your home will wait you out to see if you make another. Mm -hmm. So basically, I don't ever want to do a price change. I want you to price it correctly from mm -hmm. the get-go, get one or more than one offer, and be, be done. Success. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do a price change. I have that. I don't do a lot of price reductions. Yeah. But when I do them... They are to put us in a new bracket. Yes, I like that. So if I have a, I've had sellers before say, should we drop the price like three thousand? Nope. nope, not gonna matter. No, it's not gonna matter. I don't know that I've ever done one. I'm sure I have at their request, but typically five or ten thousand dollars. I mean, yes. they're not. Yes, five or ten is kind of my right. And I tell them I don't do a lot of them. Yeah, I say I don't do a lot of price reductions. Right, and I do them based on the feedback. Yes. and the activity or lack of. Honestly, I prefer a improved condition over drop price. Mm -hmm. And that depends on the, the particular house. And then that's just hard because it's once it's listed, it's so hard to <sighs> I know advertise the new condition. So sometimes I have to do a very moderate price change right, in conjunction the with the updated condition so mm -hmm. that they re-see that. Mm -hmm. That would be the time when I would recommend a small price adjustment. Sometimes yeah, that's though, the only time I do it if I'm redoing pictures. I like sometimes with that scenario where they updated flooring, painted the house, did something that needed to be done, but improved condition. 
Sometimes the price change I will make would be up because mm. that will still repopulate to everyone and it'll make them scratch their head a little bit and be like, oh, mm. this what house happened? went up $500. Yeah. Like, and it makes it in our MLS, it makes it green instead of red. And yeah. I just think that it has like a positive connotation. Right, it's green. It's all mental. Yeah. There's psychology, I'm sure, to all of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else? I have two more things. Okay. Perfect. For my buyers, I say, would you be sad if it sold? Oh, that's good. Because they always want to know, like, yeah. oh, should we sleep on it? I'm not, you. I'm not here to pressure you. Right. My question that you have to ask yourself yes. is, would we be sad right. if it sold? I love that. And then money is better than repairs. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always recommend an allowance. Yes. I always recommend an allowance. Uh, Sellers always. don't do things the way that you would. Please. They don't do things. <laughs> oh, I mean, honestly, I'm basically a broken record. I know. There are so many things that I'm saying the same every <sighs> time. Yep. Yep. But I mean, right. Money is always better than repairs. <laughs> always. <laughs> no oh disputes there. No disputes there. Okay, I have a toast. Are you ready for the toast? I am. Okay, this toast comes to us from our friend, Emily Ness. Emily is in Birmingham, Alabama. Great. Okay, super. She is toasting to, um, I want to make sure, okay, Cece Howell. Uh, she is a top producing agent in her new office. So Emily just changed offices. Okay. From the moment I joined ARC, she has reached out to check on me constantly. She has taken time to meet with me, shared her amazing systems, and is always just a phone call away. She does a ton of business and yet is always super calm and kind. Aww. She is the epitome of community over competition. That's so sweet. I told her about the podcast and she has loved it. Oh, okay. And she said, Hoover, Alabama. Oh, okay. Great. So cheers to Cece. From Emily. From Emily. Cheers. I love it. Cheers. Bye, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.